What's cracking, lovely people? Welcome back to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. My name's Matt, and I'm a nutritionist by trade, but this podcast is a little cheeky bit of a hobby that I like to basically bring people onto the show to talk about nutrition and health, but not just those couple of topics. I also like to talk about how to be resilient. Uh, business. We talk a little bit about um, starting different businesses and and people working and how they can kind of mould and 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 create better performances. All of that jazz. But today we're a little bit food focused. We're a little bit business focused. I've got a chat called Ben on the show, and he runs a company called Villa Food and Wine. So everything will be in the show notes as always. And before we started recording, he basically asked me to say that it's a boutique events catering company but actually as we unfold and unpick the conversation you'll probably figure out that this guy is doing tons of cool stuff catering pop-ups private events shoot lunches mate over to you how you doing yeah fantastic man good to speak to you great so i think mate let's just dive in and just give everyone a little bit of context behind um how you started the company why you started the company and you know what what you're doing now and, and leading up into the summer Sure. So, um, kind of an interesting tale, I suppose. Uh, I guess the, the whole journey started upon graduation. I actually graduated as a music student at the University of Gloucestershire. Um, came out of there a little bit disenchanted with the music world. Couldn't really see myself getting into the music industry. I wanted to just try to- something totally different. I think um, at university, whilst you get a lot of time of studying in, I also did a fair amount of drinking, if I'm totally honest. Um, and mm. so I felt like a career in a wine trade might be something that uh, I had a bit of experience in, but off, off the hand experience, I had done work in bars and stuff. Um, but a bit of experience in and something that I wanted to go and pursue, sort of learn about um, what I was doing, feel like I could talk a bit more about it. Um, and I was always quite good at selling drinks to people. so. Went down that route, um, worked for a big wine retailer for a couple of years, uh, worked my my way up the management chain there, um, and then sort of came to a rut where I didn't feel like I could grow in the company, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do and whether I had picked the right uh, career path. So I tried something else, I then went and worked in academia for a little while, um, doing administrative work at a university found straight away that the office uh, environment wasn't good for me. So I did about six months there and then went back into the wine trade, but this time as a sommelier um, in, a, in a natural wine bar uh, in, in the Big Smoke in London, mm. um, which was fascinating. Um, loved working, doing like the long hours, doing the service, total change from being in an office um, or being in retail that I was uh, when I was in um, with the wine retailer. Um, Massively customer facing, talking to people every day, recommending products and learning about products. Um, but then the biggest thing I learned and the biggest thing I found fascinating about the whole thing was what was going on back of house in the kitchen. The place I worked, um, which I feel like it's fine to say, was uh, Naughty Piglets, um, the wine bar. Uh, I worked in the Victoria branch and in there they cook uh, small seasonal plates. Um, family style sharing and it was a totally different sort of ethos towards food uh, towards wine mm. um, big focus on organic produce big focus on local produce or well-sourced produce um, 
they have sort of a direction with their cuisine, but it is very much international, um, and it is run by two uh, really young owners that um, have a really vibrant attitude towards food, um, really fantastic like ethos towards business, to how they treat staff. Um, and I just found like the experience massively, massively inspiring. But I still wanted to grow and do something for myself. So I took everything I learned from that um, and decided to create my own company, mm. which became Villa Food and Wine. So that then was sort of a six-month process um, of speaking to everyone I could about how to start a company. The owners of the restaurant were like massively helpful in it. Uh, my dad, who's a businessman, was massively helpful. I had loads of friends who always were happy to jump in, give me some advice. Very, very supportive girlfriend throughout it all. Mm. Um, and just slowly sort of built up an idea in my head, which was to create um, an events catering company that sort of tackled the issue I always had uh, with events catering of uh, sort of the classic white shirts and trestle tables catering, uh, sort of very standard, a little bit boring buffet food style. I wanted to bring some of the influences I'd had from working in, res- in a restaurant like Naughty Piglets to uh, the events world. Mm. I'd also seen loads of people doing like pop-ups were becoming like increasingly more, um, like increasingly higher quality and more interesting throughout London and obviously through social media I was seeing it across the country elsewhere um, and kind of just forged a, forged an idea which became Villa Food and Wine um, moved out of London mainly for the room to breathe um, lower rent lower you know costings in general and also a emerging market outside of London that I wanted to hit for Well, how do I explain it? Effectively, um, I was looking outside of London because in London it felt like everybody was almost really cool doing everything. It was already being done, whereas outside Mm. uh, sort of the M25, there were people not missing out, but I felt like there was a a better better, uh, space in the market for me to enter Mm. with my company. So I decided to come back to Suffolk, which is where I grew up. and things have just sort of led from one thing to another. Uh, in the introduction, you talked about shoot lunches. That was kind of where I started. I saw um, saw a, a little bit of a gap there of people just doing relatively standard shoot lunches. I wanted to come mm. back. It was right in the seasons. The game was very seasonal. Uh, there was a lot I could do there. Mm. Uh, moved into that sort of uh, market and then just kind of networked a lot of word of mouth from there going into private dinner parties from mm. the start of this year and now booking up events um, things anything from hen parties to like uh, village fundraisers I've got booked in coming up where I just want to bring that more exciting seasonal produce to to the market mm-hmm. <clears throat> makes sense so it's kind of like you said, bringing the quality, making things interesting, and then moving back to Suffolk because you said you saw potential. You know, you've got connections and things there, but then also you're from there, so that's obviously quite important. Starting something there would be, you know, really, really good for you. 
And um, yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, you've picked up a lot of skills on the way. You sound like um, speaking to people and communicating and, and obviously conveying your passion comes quite naturally. But then I suppose for people listening, um, as you're developing skills, um, you know, for your business and within your business, how do you how do you kind of tackle that? Do you do, do, you do a lot of reading? Do you get straight in and, and um, sometimes succeed, sometimes fail? How do you start to kind of like master things, especially, I know you talked a little bit about the business side of things. So maybe tell us about, you know, practically when, when you're, when you're trying to develop your menu and, and, and deliver the quality of food, obviously it's not always, it's not always plain sailing and, and the final product takes time. So, um, yeah, have you got any kind of words of wisdom or any insights into how you, how you've kind of got, but, you know, better at that, if that makes sense, because it's always in flux, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I've always been a big, big reader. Um, and like, I mean, probably my biggest investment when I started the company was in books to learn, uh, fill in the gaps of stuff I didn't feel comfortable doing already. Pretty much every waking moment I have now, if I'm not working on the business in some way, shape or form, I am consuming some form of uh, media, whether that is a book, a podcast, um, watching cooking shows, uh, you know, mm. whatever, scrolling through Instagram. Every, I mean, I don't really follow anyone that isn't food or drink related. Um, I don't really read anything anymore that isn't food or drink related in some way, even if that's like, I mean, one of the last books I read was Anthony Bourdain's novel, Bone mm. in the Throat, but that interested me because it had a really vivid description of life in a kitchen mm. um but it is fiction um i think like in terms of honing your craft it's it's just dedication it doesn't i've never really felt like it matters where you get your information from yeah i think the easiest almost straightforward is to be taught directly by somebody face to face but whatever I was doing, I always had a, had a, um, almost a crutch, which was books to help me through, whether that was doing GCSEs or A-levels or my degree, mm. or then learning. I practically taught myself everything I know about wine. And then apart from picking up just stuff in the kitchen, uh, in restaurants or without directly working in them or through, um, family members, I'm pretty much everyone in my family is a great cook. Um, I've done I've done my research through reading, uh, through just consuming media. There is so much out there now, um, and so many communities online of people just talking all the time that I've never really felt it necessary to have a formal education in something you're passionate about. Mm. You can learn so much just from talking to people online through reading and consuming media now mm. that it, it doesn't it doesn't really necessitate a direct, direct form of teaching anymore. Mm. And I think had, had I not had that um, sort of uh, culture surrounding the way I work, then my business would have, would have been barred from entry to myself from the get-go. I would have felt like if I needed to learn, if I needed somebody there by my side teaching me directly, like I'd never have had the confidence to go out and do it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Interesting. Um, I mean, and then on another note, Everybody calls me a nerd for using it, but Reddit is honestly the best online resource for anything. Whatever you are trying to learn about, there is a community out there, no matter how small of a niche your uh, your interest is. 
I mean, I have a bit of a, uh, a fetish for cast iron pans at the moment that's <laughs> quickly developing into into me hoarding um, quite a serious collection. Mm. And I've learned everything about that through a small but incredibly active community on Reddit. Mm. Uh, cool. So I, realistically, just find find your media and, and consume and learn through that. It, it would be the, my suggestion if you're interested in, in, in trying out something new. Mm, mm. Now that makes sense. That's so mega. And I'll, um, <clears throat> I'll put, I'll put the a link in the show notes to Reddit as well for people. If that's just a little bit of a, of a kind of, um, you know, uh, resource that people can go and look at too. You know, I really, really like that. So mate, you've obviously, you know, you're, you're creating constantly, you're setting things up, you're, you're building your company, um what you know what is what is like a, a morning a morning routine or something like that look like for you in terms of obviously you must have to um you know be recipe testing and developing things but then also you need to feed yourself for you someone that you know we don't need to go into the weeds around nutrition and health but i suppose are you a are you a kind of picker do you do you taste the things that you do or do you have like uh, set meal routines outside of of, of when you cook because obviously when you're when you're a cook or a chef or like you said you're running the company that you're doing you're always surrounded by food so how do you kind of um, manage your own environment in that respect um good question i mean i wish i had a routine it's sort of the hardest thing to give up i think when you start your own company and there's so many benefits to not having a routine um but every single day looks different which when we're talking about food means that it's really hard to plan meals. Mm. The benefit I have though is, is that, as you say, I am constantly recipe testing. I am constantly in a kitchen cooking, whether it's for me or for someone else. Um, and constantly learning about food, which means that I constantly get to try new things you know, justify buying different ingredients because it all feeds into the business. Mm, um, mm. But but I am a picker, I suppose. I, do, I very rarely anymore sit down for a meal unless there's some kind of occasion, even if that's just the family has decided to sit down this evening. Mm. Um, I just am cooking and will basically feed off what I am tasting effectively, um, which... Is surprisingly sustainable, to be honest. The amount of times that I feel so full after just doing some recipe testing and just picking at what I'm cooking. Mm. Um, the amount of, which is kind of strange, um, probably not anything I would suggest to anyone, but something I kind of picked up from uh, doing wine tastings. As I, as I quickly noticed when I first started cooking en masse all the time, recipe testing and getting ready for um, events coming up, that I was putting on quite a lot of weight because I was trying so much food. Mm. So I've started, particularly with puddings and stuff, chewing and then spitting a bit like when you try wines, um, tasting and spitting to, so that you obviously don't get drunk whilst tasting wines. Mm. I've had to sort of pick that up. So, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it as some kind of sustainable way of eating, but um, but I've, I have, yeah, kind of managed to live off just tasting samples from my own kitchen mm. no it makes sense because um obviously you, you know my sister she works as a pastry chef and she goes a lot now off feel 
so obviously she's around um you know s- sweet sweet foods ingredients making that kind of stuff every day and, and I've always admired her how she's been able to kind of hone and it's taken years you know a bit of a food routine for herself and then when she's cooking she's you know she's touching everything she's smelling everything and then experience comes and you don't necessarily have to then you know taste and try especially from the dessert side of things the way she's done and honed her craft you know put everything in and, and chew and consume it so it's just interesting trying to navigate around that because obviously your job is 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 in food you know your recipe testing you're clearly someone that lives to eat too so it's just interesting how you're gonna try to navigate that long term but yeah you, you know your passion definitely comes through and um it sounds like you're you're starting to navigate that side of things as well and not have to always consume but you know taste and spit or try a little bit moderate portion size all that kind of thing it's interesting exactly i mean i've always had an ethos of, of sort of eating what what feels good um i had a one of like a big sort of food revolution in food that came for me was i took a year off from eating meat uh still eat fish fish but also stopped dairy so i was kind of sort of half well i was pescatarian and then sort of halfway to being almost vegan it was kind of a strange diet i put myself on but i had a sort of underlying feeling that dairy wasn't good for me um and was just interested in whether I needed to rely on meat as much as I did. Um, and so doing that really sort of opened my eyes to eating well effectively. Because mm. what had put me off from meat more than anything else was that whilst I always bought good quality British meat um, from butchers where I could, I'd also then go to Sainsbury's and have a meal deal and never really consider where the meat in my chicken sandwich had come from. Mm. Um, not to say that Sainsbury's is anywhere, any worse than anywhere else, um, but you know, when you're picking up quick bites that have meat in them, or any ingredient really, cheese, whatever, you often don't think about where that source from. It's just as a, a way of feeding quickly, if mm. you like. Mm. Um, and then when I, ha- when I made meals at home, I'd always think about ingredients and stuff. So I wanted to really cut out meat so that I could think about where all my food came from because it would be much harder to order in a restaurant, much harder to feed myself quickly on the go without having that sort of easy uh, uh, source of food. Mm. So now, having I started eating meat again, I was always going to do it for a year, um, but now... I really, really consider where every meal comes from. And that was something that really I held strong when starting Villa Food and Wine mm. was that uh, sourcing seasonally, sourcing locally, um, and just practically sourcing well and from good, um, ideally independent retailers um, was like something that I became passionate about through not necessarily through choice, but through necessity, because because I put I um, sort of put myself in a situation where I couldn't eat anything, just or just didn't have that total choice. Mm-hmm. It's kind um, of gone. And I think what I learned almost sort of for my own health and for moderating what I eat and what something I I have basically stuck to now since I did that, which was nearly, uh, well, over a year ago was when it ended. Um, and from, and from now on, I look to just make sure that 
so long as the ingredients in my food are well sourced, um, and this is from a practical sense, but I, I, I want to be honest, like if I'm really hungover, I will go to Tesco and get like a scotch egg or something. But for the vast majority of time, um, I just want to, I just regulate my eating and regulate my health almost by making sure that I pick the food that I choose well and that it's come from a decent source. And I think that's really helped me health-wise. Um, it's made me feel a lot better in myself, um, made me far more interested in food as well. Um, mm. And so, I, I mean, I guess that's, that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at now going forward and, and sort of regulating my my eating habits, I suppose. Mm, mm. No, it's good, you know, I think it just, you know, in summary, you, you, you're more conscious about your own eating. And, um, you know, I wanted to bring that up slightly because, you know, I know that you, you, you're in and around food all the time as part of your job. So it's interesting for the listeners to hear how you navigate that. And um, yeah, it's uh, it takes time. But I think just transforming your food environment by basically being more conscious around what you're eating and you've chosen a few few food sources there you know let's take meat for example is you know is is, is interesting and um sometimes it's one meal at a time or it's it's uh, you know a certain time of the year or like you said you you committed to a time frame of over a year and you've held yourself accountable so now that's me that's that's really cool and i think it's a nice perspective for people to listen to i think if we move on over to um yeah, what, what you're doing at the moment and um, what you're creating and recipe testing. And if we can kind of hear a few things about that, I think that'd be really cool because um, if you're listening to this and you and you don't follow Ben's Instagram page, there's, you know, there's, there's good bread going up. There's, um, oh, what were you cooking the other day? There was some kind of joint on there, I think, in your stories or something. I'm not sure. But it's, uh, yeah, for a bit of escapism during the day or just to look at tasty food, you have to get on to this guy's page um so yeah mate what are you what are you kind of working on at the moment i know obviously you've got uh jobs and things coming up but between then i assume you're, you're experimenting and you're and you're honing your craft is there anything in particular you're working on at the moment you can let the listeners know about yeah there's two main things that i'm dedicating like to the vast majority of my um of my if you like spare time when i'm not cooking uh for an, for a specific event and that is uh, bread making and fermenting. Um, the bread making was, well, actually both of, and, and pasta making is another one, I suppose. Um, I have a real drive to make sure that pretty much every every part of the meal you eat is made by me. Um, so the bread at the start of the table, um, I, I do what the host asked me to, but I experiment a lot in my free time with sourdough, mainly because if I'm honest, it's been the hardest one to really crack. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I like make all my own pasta, um, the biscuits or blinis and canapes I make myself, uh, all ice cream, sorbets, anything, sauces, you name it, mm-hmm. I make myself for the meal. So that's what I spend the vast majority of my time doing because I don't want to start putting stuff out there that is not as good as a local baker, for example. Mm. Um, So I spend a lot of time honing that kind of craft. The fermenting's been interesting for me because I've yet to really crack something that I thought, wow, this is going to go really well in one of my meals. But has been something I've been interested in in a long time. I think that's mainly because 
the start of all of this or the fuel for all of this was in the wine trade and obviously that is fermented grape juice mm. um, and I think what I like to focus on a lot in meals um, and what I think about a lot in my free time um, is flavour pairings so obviously a big thing when you're talking about wine is what food does it pair with does the acidity match the fattiness how are you going to pair something with the spice? You need something to cut through or dull it down or to, or to or, you know, raise it up. Um, and I like thinking about that on your plate. So taking wine totally out of the equation and thinking about what if you've got... So that meat, I think you were talking about, that was on my Instagram the other day, um, was a slow-cooked lamb shoulder. Mm. I mean, that's a, a fatty dish, but because it's slow-cooked, it melts through, renders out, and it becomes very unctuous, very giving. Um, but you want something on the plate that sort of cuts through that. So I, so I experimented and came across uh, Salsa Verde, which I liked pairing it with because the capers in that give it like a, a little fresh burst of acidity, cuts through the fat in the lamb really, really well. Um, so that's where I, I look for ferments because they offer a totally new flavor profile, um, ferments or pickles, um, that kind of thing. And loads and loads of chefs are using them. This is like new ground by any means. Mm. Uh, it's something that I really, really want to start bringing in because it is something that separates um, food out from, from a lot of other, uh, or a lot of your more standard meals. Mm. Um, so yeah, behind the scenes, and you'll see that, and I must admit, I do get cautious when I'm posting it on Instagram, because a lot of fermented stuff is not the most attractive looking um, ingredient, um, but yeah, I like to be honest with what I'm doing, so so you will find some of that stuff on there. Mm, mm. No, definitely, and I think that's why it's good to have these longer form conversations, because you can get the substance around, you know, what you're doing and why you're doing it, and I know you have to sometimes kind of uh, think about getting the perfect photo and especially if people are looking at dishes and they're excited to kind of eat your food you know that's a really key thing but the process is important too and I think it's good when you can I don't know you can have conversations like the ones we're having now where you can post things in in stories or in short form media and people can see the process you know obviously everyone likes the end dish and 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 then um, you know things looking really really good but I think that kind of labor of love around um, making something that's fermented and and um, yeah making bread and things too obviously will taste the difference but that process is like massively fulfilling and then I think if people know how much effort you're putting into it um, you know it just changes the experience because you're chewing something you're taking the time over it you're looking at the texture of it or if it's just something completely new like you said they're, they're banging in something fermented and it's like whoa you know what is that um, in my mouth I'm not I'm you know I'm not really sure so um, no it's, it's it's really good and I think it's uh, yeah it shows how it shows how much you're you know you're you're passionate about what you do but then it's also about pushing boundaries as well and I think that's why I wanted to have a bit of a chat to you because obviously you're a food lover you're a cook you're you know you're you're you're, you're in a startup business but I think you could definitely play it safe if that makes sense and I think um, yeah I haven't obviously eaten anything that you've made yet I'm really looking forward to it but I like how you've taken that mentality to be like right even though I'm a new new kind of uh, business and I'm looking to to um really build things my, my menu is going to be quite bold as well is that is that kind of the right thing to say yeah I think that's 
yeah, a, a valid point. I, I've always been quite keen to, to yeah, I don't think there's a better way of saying it, but push push the boundaries. Um, and maybe I, I could be more in your face sometimes, I think. Um, and sometimes I do get nervous putting stuff on the dish for um, some of the events I do, because a lot of them I work closely with the host to create the menu. Um, and so when it gets to the night, I don't want to put anything in there that's going to really shock them um, mm. that they hadn't they hadn't necessarily picked. Uh, but I do try and push on, uh, try and push people to be a little bit more experimental. I like suggesting a lot of things. I like listening to what they're saying um, and then recommending something a little bit different. Um, but yeah, yeah, I suppose I suppose I do. I do push boundaries a bit. I like to. You know, somebody will order something like that salsa verde, and I'll intentionally change some of the ingredients um, in it to give it a bit more—not necessarily flavour, but to you know, add something a bit different. I like how, the last salsa verde I made. I stuck a, a boatload of wild garlic in it, like I picked on my family's farm, mm. uh, which isn't a classic ingredient at all, but it's super seasonal, super local, uh, works very well. Doesn't drastically change the. Um, flavor of please sauce but you know add something new to it um i do think though there is some things that i've effectively brought over from the city that we kind of i lived in london for a few years and you kind of take you take you take it for granted in london the, the um, immense culture surrounding food there mm. when you come outside really of like the M25. I know in places I went to Bath last weekend, you know, amazing food, really similar style to London, but has its own unique take on it. Bristol, uh, a few cities up north as well, all have these like great food scenes. But when you come somewhere like Suffolk, where, I mean, my closest city is Norwich. Norwich has a, has a, a growing food scene, but it's nothing like London's. A lot of people don't you know, you aren't used to anything more really than pub grub on your average night out around here. There's nowhere else to go, to be honest. Mm. So when I'm doing smaller plates or pairing up uh, food with ingredients that you don't see on a pub menu, I do find that it can be a little bit sort of touch and go whether the customer is going to respond to it. Mm. But I think that's me overthinking it a lot because most of the time people are really excited about being able to try something new. They're really excited about seeing something on the menu that they don't know what it is and getting to have a chat about it um, and then responding to that, uh, whether saying yes or whether saying that sounds really great, but I was thinking we could do it this way or whatever. Um, It's really cool. And I think that's kind of what the bold step for me has been, is taking something that we all know and see everywhere in London and bringing it to an audience that doesn't get that exposure on a day-to-day basis um, and trying to almost push it on them on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Right, I think that, you know, that's, that's, absolutely, that's absolutely awesome. And, um, you know, this is a perfect time. People that, you know, listen to this show that are in Suffolk, if you can let them know, obviously I'll put information and things in the show notes, but how people can get hold of you and 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 what's coming up obviously private events and things are separate but are you, are you doing anything else 
in Suffolk where where people can attend and 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 try some of your food and and come and meet you and all that kind of jazz? What's happening? Uh, I do um, not confirmed yet though, so I don't want to sort of uh, promote it as is yet. Mm. But uh, coming up through summer, you will be able to see me in the uh, in the public. Um, I, if you like, come meet me, come have a chat with me. Let me know what you think. Would be awesome. Love getting people's feedback. Uh, but in the meantime, go check out my Instagram, Villa Food and Wine. Um, it's where I do pretty much all of my social networking. Uh, always on that bit of an addiction to the uh, to the platform. Um, or check out my website, www.villafoodandwine.com. Send me an email, Ben at villafoodandwine.com. Mm. Um, yeah. Or comment on Matt's Instagram on the thing. I'll find it. We can get in touch. We can have a chat. It'd be mm. great. Mm-hmm. Hey, decent fab yeah i'll definitely put all that in the show notes and um no it's really it was really really good to chat and it's nice to unpick like i knew i knew the the passion in in what you're doing would come out but then i think it's 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 been interesting to hear about your journey and then also um you know you're only just beginning really aren't you it sounds like you've done a lot but you know there's some exciting times ahead and um yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to definitely getting a feed on with some of your stuff eventually. I know my parents and, and other people in Suffolk have had some of your eats and um, that's why I wanted to get you on the show because I think it you know, it definitely stopped them in their tracks. So I was like, right, I've got to have a chat with this guy. Um, <laughs> well, that's great. And it's amazing, actually, what word of mouth has done for me in that regard. Yeah. Um, Suffolk's an amazing place. Everybody is talking to everybody all the time and word travels really, really quick. Um, and it's fantastic that it got to you so quickly, frankly. Oh, right, 100%. And look, any time, you know, you've met my dad and he eats a lot and enjoys his food and any time he stops to kind of consider something before that goes into his mouth, it's definitely worth talking about. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's good. So when he explained that you were doing some of the food at shoot lunches and things, I was like, wait a sec, if he's actually registered what's gone in, it's clearly good, so I need to check this out. Um, but no cool man I'll put yeah obviously everything in the show notes lovely people for Ben's Instagram website email address definitely reach out um, and yeah I assume you know once once things are rolling in the summer and, and, and you're doing more in the public eye and things like that too you know people will be able to come and, and meet you and eat some of your food but I think to start with yeah just definitely even just follow 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 his foodie page because it's you know it's a decent bit of escapism when you're making your your porridge or you're eating your boiled eggs at work like I do and you think man I wouldn't mind putting some of that away, um but yeah mate cheers cheers for the chat. Ah uh, man it was great to be on really really loved it. Cool all right lovely people as always thank you for listening I think by the time this show comes out I'll have potentially reach 10,000 listens which is absolutely mega and um, if you like it just share it with someone simple as that. Thanks a lot and we'll speak soon.